I'm thankful for my family. It's been a really tough year, and I don't know where I'd be without you guys. I know I don't say it often, but I love you all so much. I'm thankful for my health. A few people close to me had some scares this year. It really puts things into perspective and makes you appreciate every single day. I'm thankful for Carl Towns. Per 100 possessions, he's shooting 44% on 12.4 three-point shots. Wow! Welcome to episode 121 of Wolves Cast, the show that took a knife to its LeBrons to be more like Jeff Teague. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Scott, have you ever cut up your shoes before? Uh, not intentionally. Actually, there was a time in high school I volunteered at this thing where we cut up shoes because they would be recycled into oh. either like they could make a black top or they could make like a really dumb frisbee. So hopefully they made it into black tops. <laughs> but yeah, it was recycling shoes. I, I did. I have taken some knives to some shoes in my life. You got to do it. Jeff's, Jeff's shoes are beat up. Oh, we're going to talk about we'll that. talk about that a little bit. We know we got some sneaker heads listening. Yeah, that's right. Not, not shoe heads. As, uh, as Jim said, <laughs> something else. He was searching for sneakerheads right. and then just went with shoeheads. Hey, we understand. Sometimes when you can't find the word and you're on a live mic, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it could be tough. You got to go with something. Welcome to Wolvescast, everybody. We are recording this on Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. That's right. Scott and I Thankful for a... you, the listener. Ooh, yeah. You for listening here on the holiday weekend. We appreciate it. But yeah, we're, uh, we're Scott and I are hanging out here before we head to Prior Lake to hang with our family. So, yeah, whatever. We're getting in on Thanksgiving. That's fun. If you're standing outside a store right now, hopefully this podcast is keeping you warm until you can get your door busters. Yes. And may you have the best luck on Black Friday. Or come on, we all wait till Cyber Monday these days. We're doing a little something different today. It's a it's an afternoon, daytime, daylight coffee recording right oh, now. Hopefully it doesn't affect our performance as yeah. much as the Timberwolves seem to be affected by playing in the afternoon. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna we're gonna do a good show here. We're not gonna put on a stinker like the Wolves did in Phoenix. We're bringing uh, the energy today <laughs> with that afternoon one. But yeah, today on the show we have week recap. Talk about the Wolves two in one week. Uh, full court press. We'll obviously get uh, t- touch on the Jeff Teague, uh, Jared Culver switcheroo. Uh, we're, we're gonna give we're gonna do a little something special here today with our Timberwolves origin stories. This is uh, Scott and I talking about how we got into the team and stuff like that. Everyone loves an origin story. It's a prequel. Uh, we have a sponsor. You know, it's Black Friday, so there's gonna be some sponsors, maybe with some shopping deals. Uh, we got power rankings today. We're gonna rank uh, some of our favorite Target Center songs. So classic. Target Center songs, uh, weekly Wolfies, and a game. You know what we do here on Wolves Cast. Scott, let's start it off right now. Gobble, gobble. A gobble, gobble. With the week recap, Wolves are 10 and 8. As we record this, they are 19th in offense, um, and uh, their defensive rating is 12th in the league. Uh, that is climbing way up there. That's as high as it's been all, all, all year, and uh, that gives us uh, the 14th best net rating. So. I saw some national articles this week writing about how the West isn't as clear-cut. Like yeah. They say there's like six teams that are getting in for sure, but yep. who's going to be the final two? And a lot of people pick the Wolves to be one of those two teams. Uh, so I like interesting. to see it. I like to see it. We, uh, we beat one of those teams last night that was also in that kind of, are they going to make it? But we'll get into that. Let's, let's Let's go back to the first game and also the worst game of the week. Mm. Neil, you and I went to Target Center on Saturday to see Ricky Rubio sit on the bench. Yeah, he was in the house, though. Yeah, it's always good to see him. <laughs> I just like I like being in the same building, get, get that energy. Yep. We also saw Dario return, and it was a weird 4 p.m. 4 p.m. Central Time. On a Saturday, which meant it was Kids Day. 
Man, there was a kid behind us who was so loud. I did. I, I, I did. It. I didn't begrudge him though, because he was just having the time of his life. He was a kid howling at the howl meter, just you know, just doing what he's supposed to do, shrieking in that like high pitched uh, tone that only young kids can get to. Yeah, it's hard to be mad at a little kid, especially no, uh, time especially life. when it's like it's being told. Here's you know the scoreboard, the the PA announcer is telling you what to do. It's different if you're like you know in the middle of the like play, like shouting some ridiculous stuff or whatever, like in a high pitched voice. I was feeding off the energy. I was <laughs> Shout in defense and stuff. Yeah. But uh, it was a real stinker of a game. We lost to Phoenix 98 to 100. It seems like a close game, but both teams shot under 40% and not because of defense. Yeah. You know, it, was wasn't, of, it wasn't a sterling defensive game by either team. So many clank shots in this game. So many uh, so many open shots. <laughs> the Wolves were really getting letting Phoenix uh, get open and uh, yeah shoot from range. And then also the Wolves just you know couldn't defend without fouling. So many free throws for, also, for such, Phoenix in this one. Such a lot. It was kind of an Iowa Wolves showcase day because right. uh, Covington Okogi, Layman, Shabazz, all out of the game. And so for most of the third, I was joking with Neil that Saunders was running the two NBA players on the court at all times because he would sub in uh, Jeff Teague and Cat together. And then when they, get out, they came out, Gorgie and Andrew would come in. And then the other three guys were either Keelan Martin, KBD, uh, Keita Bates-Diop, that is, yep. um, Jalen Noel, and just a bunch of guys who were didn't have a lot of NBA experience. So it was like, okay, we got at least two NBA vets out there at all times. Yeah, is this Jalen Noel's uh, first game? First this game? First game, first bucket? I think you got, I think you got one to go. Yeah, it was an and one yeah. reverse oh, layup right, for his right, first yeah. bucket. So right, that's good to see. Um, he's a smaller than I thought you know he's, he's yeah. kind of a slight guy but uh, I'm excited to see what he can do he didn't really hit any, hit any three-pointers but that's kind of his thing his shot is falling in Iowa so it was good to see him get yeah burn. I think a lot of Wolf fans really would want to see him here you know especially with that uh, deficiency that the team has <laughs> hey we need someone to knock down some threes what about you Jalen Noel yeah right. exactly especially when uh, Keelan Martin has had some really uh, more downs Tough than ones, ups, yeah. you know uh, but yeah, also in this game, um, you know, Phoenix got it going in the second half. Booker really took over. You know, we, we kind of noticed right out of the gate in the second half that, man, he was just taking every shot in the third quarter for the team. And Cat was trying to like, you know, it's his friend, so he's trying to defend him. But I felt like he was blowing up our defense sometimes just so he could guard Booker. It wasn't yeah. great. Uh, so yeah, the Wolves made it close in the end. They kind of were playing from behind the entire game. Made it close in the very end. You know, got it down to one possession, but just couldn't. Cat, couldn't you get know, shot like a, almost a half court shot. <laughs> oh, yeah. We had like 10 seconds left. Yeah. Yeah. With like nine seconds left, he shot like a half court three as the final shot of the game. I was like, ooh. Would have been a good game winner, but uh, was not to be. Yeah, it was really just a, a microcosm of how we can't get the ball to Cat ever because he, yeah. he like constantly was getting shorter Phoenix guys down in the post and we couldn't feed him the ball. Like he was mm. posting up on Ubre and Tyler Johnson and it was like, nope, can't get you the ball, Cat. Sorry. Yep. So we'll fall victim to that afternoon. Blame it on the afternoon. I will. <laughs> start afternoon uh, and injuries but uh wolves ride the ship on monday with a win in atlanta 125 to 113 fun uh, game really, really fun game. yeah super fun game um this was uh you know the first game for the whole teague and culver switch um so that was interesting you know culver getting the start um and hey it, it all started off great wolves uh, put up 38 hung 38 on the hawks uh, yep. in the first quarter alone uh, knocking down a bunch of shots and stuff like that. So it was, it was a good start in the beginning of the Culver in the starting lineup uh, era, I guess. Uh, off to a good beginning. Uh, defending Trey Young is just uh, yeah. it, it's tiring. I was tired watching it because, man, that guy is quick. Yeah, well, it started off well, and then that second quarter, things came crashing down. They only scored 16 points in that second quarter. And, uh, yeah, that Trey Young, uh, Damian Jones pick and roll was something the Wolves could not solve. <laughs> they got like three straight dunks or something at one point. 
Um, so yeah, Atlanta really you know got it going in that second quarter. Uh, took a twenty three to ten run uh, to go up ten points uh, at, at halftime. But then it was Gorgie. <laughs> and KVD and others who really just stepped up and kept the scoring going. I think both in this game and in the Spurs game the other night, that's kind of been the theme of like, they're going to make a run, it's going to be close, but the Wolves have found ways to keep the scoring going. You know, their defense kind of comes and goes, and sometimes it looks pretty gross, but the scoring has been there for the Wolves when they needed it. Gorgie made two threes in this game, I believe. <laughs> I like playing basketball. Yeah, two or three. He was knocking them down. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love to see yeah, it. Just hit, just I love seeing the Gorgie corner. succeed, man. He, I I always love it when he does well. Yeah, and he's been letting him fly, and it's he's been really good on offense. I always really think his foot ends, yeah. on those corner threes. I always feel like his foot is on the line because yeah. his feet are so big, but <laughs> they weren't. Um, anything else about Atlanta that stuck out to you, Scott? I'm trying to think. Like uh, nice court, nice yeah, nice court. You got arena upgrades, all that stuff, and uh, yeah, good to get the win. Even you know, I think Atlanta hasn't won many games this year. You know, they're kind of like hot and fun to watch. Uh, John Collins with the PED uh, or whatever the yeah. <laughs> the suspension. They're bad in the best way if you're an Atlanta fan because they're yes. really fun to watch. Watchable. and you're not winning these games, so you're gonna get another draft pick, Atlanta. <laughs> you're gonna get, get another more, high pick. Get more lottery. That's right. Um, all right, Scott. What about uh, Wednesday? Wednesday? All right, just another fun night. night on the road. Just unbeatable on the road this year. Almost, I think we're seven and two. Seven and two. Best uh, start in franchise history. Crazy. Uh, in terms of on the road, can't win at home, but hey, they're great on the road. We're road warriors because we went into San Antonio, a building in which we lost eleven consecutive times. Uh, Jim Pete was reminding us that it was 2013-14 with Rick Adelman. Rick Adelman was the last time we won in San Antonio. So we, uh, you know, beat that ghost by winning. In in San Antonio, 113-101 on Wednesday. You know, they're always a team that, I mean, they've been struggling this year, but they're so well coached. You can never, you know, take it easy against them. And uh, it was just a really fun game. Uh, the, we, the inverse of what most, the formula for most Wolves games over the past decade, where we just made way more threes. I think San Antonio is last in like shooting threes, last in making threes. They make nine a game. And what do we make, 18 in this game or something? Yeah, San Antonio shoots the most mid-range um, in the league. And they have know. one of the best offenses in the league. It's their yeah. defense that really hurts them. So yeah. it's not like not shooting threes is not working out for them. But it's one of those things we talked about. If we have, you know, 10 more threes, have we Attempts. made more? More threes yeah. than you took. Yeah, you're not going to win that game. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's kind of what I was thinking about last night too. Like, kind of feeling bad for Spurs fans, although hey, they've had it great for like you two don't decades. Feel bad for Spurs, but fans. just like thinking about in that game, I'm Ezra, just, I'm like, talking to you. Just in that game, being like, oh, the, the whole idea of like outmathing and stuff is just like it's so weird to be st- still, even you know, 18 games into the season or whatever. Like, it's still weird to be on the other side of that ledger. It so rarely happened in in the past, and even this season, it's like most teams are shooting a lot of threes. It's never this stark, but. It's just so crazy to like watch the Spurs and be like, oh wow, this is what it was like to be on the other side, <laughs> right? When you play the Wolves over the last like five years, you just shoot more threes than them and you're probably going to win. So that's what I'm giving thanks for at dinner later tonight. <laughs> All them threes. Thanks, thanks for the Wolves for finally shooting third, more threes than their being opponents. Third, third in the league. Love <laughs> shoot, it. Getting up 42 per te- attempts per game. Yeah. That's nuts. Uh, yeah, it was great. Man, it got chippy though. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of technical fouls. Game. It reminded me of Ken yeah. Maurer, you know, those five technicals he gave in like <laughs> ten, five seconds or 10 seconds. Yeah, dulling them out. Oh, man. It was a uh, technical fest. Uh, Rob Covington upset that DeMar apparently punched him in the throat. Yeah, you can hear him pushed. on the mug, Mike, oh, saying, I got was, punched yeah. in the effing throat. He punched <laughs> me in my throat. Throat punch. And that, the replay really shows DeMar was frustrated and went at Covington. I'm, yeah? It's kind of a mix between a punch and kind of like a choke slam grip yeah, but he definitely yeah. jabbed him right Shove. in the throat and so Rocco then next time down had a really hard foul out of frustration and uh, got a technical 
And then later in the game, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, he... Oh, my God! Carl Anthony Towns had a monster dunk taken away. I thought uh, there wasn't much contact. I thought he mostly avoided DeRozan on that. He just got up. He got up. Went, and oh, it's so weird to see it because it, usually in a charge situation like that, it's like two bodies collide together, yep. you know, in sort of a more like, you know, horizontal way maybe. Yeah, and his, this hip, just kept his hip was up. above like DeRozan's shoulder. <laughs> yeah. And I think he mostly missed DeRozan. So I was upset because, man, you can't take away a highlight clip like that. That would have been in Sports Center. It's hard to have a replay foul too. Still getting used to that. <laughs> idea of like you know the replay and then the foul can be like switched yeah you know so it's not only like oh sorry you're not going to the free throw line carl it's like in fact you guys got your fifth foul take a seat yeah that was that <laughs> was like the next time down or a, a couple minutes later derosen took a second charge oh yeah that yeah, was yeah, originally called a blocking foul yeah. and uh I think it was Becky Hammond who was told Pop, hey, challenge that challenge call. That, yeah. Smart because got Cat off the floor. Cat uh, got a technical, uh, almost got thrown out of the game because he was really heated, really going after the refs. And most of the Timberwolves had to come over to him and like physically like bring guys. him to the bench. Yeah, three guys had and to get away. And Drip Saunders, you know, took a took a hit for the team, and he obviously because Cat was still on the bench yelling at the refs. Uh, Drip Saunders got a tech because he had to drown out Cat's yelling. So. Three technical fouls in just a few minutes. It was uh, chippy. Yeah, that was an interesting part of the game. And, yeah, the game really got tight in the second half. Spurs kind of you know stepped up their defense, made, made things tougher for the Wolves to score. Um, really got back in the game. You know, even took the lead there briefly. Didn't look good for the Wolves there for a few minutes. But again, just like that Atlanta game, shots just fa- the shots were just falling. Gorgie hit a couple. You know, hit that mid range one and and uh, a couple other things. So you know, another good Gorgie game. Another great Gorgie game and just another bench like sort of like hey, kind of by committee type of thing. I mean, obviously, Kade Bates Diop hit some yeah, great threes. Yeah, KBD hit the hit, hit three threes and you know was just out there making making things happen. And you know, Wiggins and Towns both had good nights. You know. Wiggins 26 points, eight rebounds. Towns 23 and 14. So, you know, those guys got theirs, but. Wiggins one shot away yeah. from tying Anthony Peeler for the all time <sighs> three more, point makes in more. franchise history. AP. But yeah, good to um, win. Uh, you know, the, the, the Wolves uh, winning in San Antonio. Like you said, snap that 11 game losing streak. Spurs are bad these days. They have now lost 10 of 11 games. They are in uncharted territory for the Spurs. But again, we don't mind. Sorry. Sorry, Spurs. We don't, they, we they've don't had care. a great like 22 yeah, year run. Right. So yeah. F off. You're, I'm not going to feel you'll bad. You'll reload and be back up there in no time. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. It's warm down there, too. So no, no sympathy from Minnesota. All right. Time to get to full court press. Here's the tip. First up, we are talking about the starting lineup shakeup. Yeah, I just think it's great that the coaching staff reads Canis Hoopus. They saw a John Myers article uh, that we gave a wolfie to last week that suggested why uh, Jarrett Culver should stay in the starting lineup and Jeff Teague should come off the bench. And the coaching staff said, oh, that's a good idea, John. Uh, man, this guy knows about basketball, so let's go ahead and make that change. And uh, I think the most surprising thing was that it apparently originated. I don't know if this is just yeah, PR cover-up. Oh, we got the clip. We got the clip here from uh, after the Atlanta game, kind of talking about how it all kind of came up. Ryan Saunders. I've liked a lot of things that Jared has done, and then I've liked you know some things that Jeff has done with that other group too. And you know, I, I just I gotta say this, and like Jeff Teague is, is a professional, and he is a man. And Jeff, you know, he feels strongly about you know Wig and Cat and these guys. He wants these guys to succeed. So you know, it came about with him and I just having a casual conversation. Um, you know, over things, and uh, we just talked about where he he was comfortable, um, what could help the team, and he said, "Hey, I just want to win, man. So, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, I'm good with whatever role you want me in." And um, I just I can't say enough positive things about um, that 
interaction and how he handled that. That audio from uh, Chris Hine in Star Tribune. Thanks, Chris. Um, but yeah, just a cool, cool little thing there. Cool little sort of anecdote, a little behind the scenes on how this happens. And I think also many Wolves fans frustrated by the play of Jeff Teague a lot of times. Shout out the screen, shoot that. You know, I think Jeff Teague is uh, frustrated with the play of Jeff Teague right sure, now. Sure, sure. So what I'm I saying is, I think he gets kind of a bad rap, but you kind of hear about these things, and you never heard anything bad about him behind the scenes. You never heard anything bad about him, in, as far as a locker room situation goes. And this kind of just proves it. Like he's a great team player. He's a professional. He's the oldest guy on the team. You know, he, I feel like he has this veteran sort of like savvy to him in this way, where he's not necessarily looking just for himself. He really is thinking about the team and. Thinking about Wiggins here in this situation. Yeah, I think that's the uh, the positive way to look at it, and I think that's the way we should go with. I think a more cynical reading would be that, you know, he's getting roasted right now. He's clearly not 100%. He might not even be 70% health wise. He, mm. He's clearly suffering. Uh, he's playing at a diminished level because of some injuries that he suffered, and. You know, he just can't keep up with starting point guards. And at least when he's coming off the bench, he's playing lesser competition and he's yeah. not as exposed. Um, so, but I think you're right. I think but, we should look at the positive side and look at it, what a good clubhouse leader. And he's doing something for the good of the team, especially in a contract year. That's for him. what I was going to say. That's for, huge, too. Usually that like supersedes all this stuff, right? Like yeah. contract year, get my money. Like, yeah, sure, I can be a good teammate and still do this. Like, it's not an either or situation. So, yeah, it's. It's cool to see him do it, but yeah, you're right that it probably there also is a portion of this that's priced in, you know, of his own thoughts of how he is playing and maybe how his body's feeling. Um, you know, sort of. He might be just playing in pain. We learned yeah, last night. Hard. It was a funny anecdote, but we learned last night the big thing is that he has a plate in his foot now. Crazy, which I've never heard before. Yeah, and, I don't know what that even means. <laughs> um, but apparently, it means his foot can't fit into more, most shoes, which is crazy to see that the size of your foot has changed because yeah. the plate is in it. Wild. Talk about something that's going to affect your performance no wonder he's not shooting if you have a if your foot ch- changed sizes neil how comfortable would you be Ugh. playing basketball with one foot bigger you than the other want or to something? push off that foot doesn't think like i don't know weird i think it's a miracle he's playing right now and apparently that's why he's been wearing the lebron uh timberland color it looks like he's wearing tims out there you know uh in his lebron colorway twos or threes i'm not sure there's so it's one of the first lebron you know styles yeah and he's just wearing the same pair they have a tear in them they have a tear in the shoe and he's still wearing them because they're the only shoe that his foot fits in comfortably that he has now he could go buy some new ones i would imagine or buy a bigger size up or something like that maybe he should because playing with a tear in your shoe seems uh dangerous at the very least he has to buy his own shoes apparently yeah uh, you know, and what's interesting about this too is, for, you know, beyond the shoe thing is, you know, the, this is sort of more about Wiggins. You know, people kind of make it out to be, you know, this oh, is a Culver's Col- the point guard this now. This is a Culver thing, and, and it is in a way because he gets to play with, you know, you know, the better players on the team and gets to go against higher level competition. And it, there are plus sides here for Culver, but really, this is about putting the ball in Wiggins' hands. I think like, I saw a quote from Teague saying as much too. That yeah, it's about unlocking Wiggins, point Wiggins. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's interesting because a it's like we get, we never we thought kind of like Culver would be the guy to benefit as far as like having the ball in his hands more, and it seems like Culver's a, a, a stranger fit off the ball, you know, as far as like go in the corner and then see what happens on the secondary type of play situation. So it's curious in that way because you would think you'd want more shooting, but again, it, I think it there's a lot of different you know reasons for this, and having Jeff be a part of the second group is as much a part of it as having Wiggins you know run the offense. Uh, in the first group as well. So it kind of goes both ways there. Shout out to Drew Wiggs, man. Right, he finally listening. Running that pick and roll. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens if and when uh, Shabazz, 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 Shabazz gets healthy again. Uh, because someday, th- yeah, someday. I mean, it, we need him in those moments where Keelan Martin's running the point. It's yeah, not great. Uh, he really missed him last night because Keelan was Keelaning us, <laughs> and uh, so that was tough. But it'll be interesting to see what kind of role, how that affects Teague's role. You know, um, but yeah. just something to keep an eye on. I, I mean, I heard that stuff about the foot, and I wondered. Is Jeff Teague retiring next year? Maybe, maybe he doesn't get it. Maybe he doesn't want to play anymore if he's playing in pain and it's not something that's going to improve. But just yeah. something to keep an eye on. I, I had no idea he was going through that. So something to keep in mind because yeah, he had his typical like, just shoot the ball kind of moments last night where he's wide open and he's not taking it. And he took a couple uh, threes last, uh, you know, yeah. shot three point shots last night. But it's just wow, I can't even imagine. So that was uh, news to us. Yeah, so we'll have to monitor that here and see uh, see how the team plays, you know, with that uh, switch up. But yeah, I think it's it's definitely going to be great for Wiggins to kind of get more more ball handling time here. Neil shouts to you for tweeting at Jim Pete. Uh, I did, yeah, in in the in the Spurs game, he was hyping up. He's like, I got a great story about Jeff Teague. It's he's a great like, story. I know about, the reason why he doesn't. He has to buy his own shoes because yeah. everyone's like, oh, an NBA player has to buy his own shoes. How you know? Yeah, and then he just let it go after like hyping it up, and, and the game so went on. Neil tweeted at him, and then he said he on the mic, he's, he's like, roasted. I, I was getting roasted on Twitter, so I have to tell the story. And the story is, he wants to play in Nikes, <laughs> but since he left Nike for Adidas, uh, he. Can't Nike's not going to take him back on. So yeah, if you we'll want have to... the full thing uh, at the end of the show here. Yeah, okay, but, I'll just uh, let Jim Pete yeah, tell. Yeah, yeah, you probably heard during the game, but yeah, it's it's uh it's cool too that you can you know tweet at Dave and Jim in the middle of a game if you have a question or if you want to add on to something they say. They check their phones, like do it. That's Try why it they're the best crew in the NBA. Try it out. It's man. really fun. Yeah, add, Ma- add Marnie in there, and you can't beat those three. All right, moving on. He's hitting up. Ah, there we go. Boom. There we got a new soundboard, and you know things are mixed up. The a little clips bit. are a little out of order, but. We are heating up. Uh, this is a shout out to Binge Mode Star Wars because they gave me the idea on this. Uh, I really want to listen to this show eventually. Uh, it, it's really fun. They On their first episode, they took some time to talk about, because The Phantom Menace is an origin story, they talked about their origins of ah. their Star Wars fandom, and I really enjoyed that. So I thought, hey, let's take a crack and talk about how uh, we became Timberwolves fans. Um, yeah. A little biography. When we were children, we moved a little, around a little bit in the Midwest, briefly lived in Nebraska, Michigan, Illinois. Uh, Iowa before settling here in Minnesota and so we were you know in Illinois during the the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls run so we were huge Bulls fans some of my early earliest uh, NBA memories is being allowed to stay up to watch the starting lineups you know the Alan Parsons projects and you know so that was just some of my first basketball memories ever so we were you know kind of Bulls fans for a while and then we definitely moved to Minnesota and got introduced to the local nine or that's that's what you call the baseball team the (laughs) The local nine the the local 15 local (laughs) local five yeah, we moved here. We were in elementary school. I was in fourth grade. Scott was in second grade. And uh, yeah, basketball fans and both like playing youth basketball all the time, I feel like. So, you know, I think, um, yeah, part of moving to the tw- Twin Cities was like fun because our family could go to games suddenly, right? Yeah. Like all the other cities we had lived in, you know, didn't have necessarily a pro basketball team or we were too young or whatever. I was, I was the only fifth grader on the fourth grade basketball team. Wow. That's how bad I was. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yeah, we were playing and excited about it. And and, and I, yeah, some of my first memories of going to games was like essentially being in school, being in class and like knowing that after the, after school, we're going to go to the game, you know. And so like 
that I just remember being in like fourth and fifth grade and like knowing the days. I think we got like a ten game package or something like that. Yeah, you know, a ticket package. And so like there were certain games we knew we were going to, and then you know you'd be excited all day at school that day because you know, hey, after school we're going straight to we're going to Target Center. We never get to go to a Minneapolis, b like go see professional basketball, and it was very exciting. Yeah, and I remember, you know, just being real young, you know, second grade, going to those games. The Jumbotron was like a grid of like 16 TVs just kind of like stacked uh, on each other, classic, you know? Classic, yeah. It, was, it wasn't like a one single screen. You could see the dividing lines in, in the screen. I remember getting there early and looking up at the time, the countdown until, uh, you know, opening tip. Because this like, probably would have been 96, I want to say. Yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. And watching like the countdown to opening tip and being like, 30 minutes, that's just a Rugrats episode. Just, that's how long you have to wait. <laughs> That's a you know a peek into my mental prospect mind. That was definitely a time when we would bring the binoculars to the game. Yeah, we were in the upper level. You know, not not like uh, we had like sideline seats, so like not like bad seats, but definitely yeah. up there. You know, yeah. And you're kids, so you know you want the binoculars. So you uh-huh. close. I remember like following Crunch with the binoculars. Like, what's Crunch up to? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, there's a great photo. Maybe I'll try and dig it up of me wearing the free Doug West giveaway uh, giveaway oh, jersey yeah. by Pepsi. Pepsi. Uh, the kids got a free Doug West jersey, and then it's me wearing the jersey Classic. standing next to a cardboard cutout of. Doug West, those in the in the concourse. Timberwolves legend, Doug West. And yeah. So that. yeah, the, it was really fun because you know at that time my understanding of basketball was why doesn't someone just always dominate like Michael Jordan? It's like why why, why doesn't that we just why doesn't one great player just like take control of the game like Michael Jordan? I didn't really understand basketball that much, and then we got KG, and it was like oh, there's that great player, you know, there's that Michael Jordan type who's just gonna yeah, he kind of came into his own, and then suddenly he was the all star that we had. Yeah. yeah, and so that was just a really fun era to be going to the games watching those KG era Wolves teams. I. Didn't even know how great we had it. it. Feels like I took it for granted now in hindsight. Yeah. But KG really kept the basketball passions alive. Uh, I kind of drifted away from basketball a little bit in high school. Uh, the Wolves weren't doing too good, and especially once KG got traded, just kind of fell out of fandom. I was paying attention to a lot of nerd stuff instead. Went to college, and then KG winning the title in 2008 really kind of brought me back into watching basketball because I wanted him to win the title so badly. And so I remember being in college and watching those finals, such a great finals and some really great playoff. So I loved that Celtics team and they were my favorite team for the next like several years because I loved watching KG and it was such a fun crew. And then so when I moved back from college, that's when I started going to games with you because tickets were so cheap. I was so poor and the team was bad enough that we could go to all these games. And so I just started going to games and it was not the best Wolf squad, but I started watching all the games and I was just like brought back into the fandom, you know, and ever since then, it's been like watching every single game, every single season, you know? Yeah. Going back to those mid nineties games, I remember KG was on the team because he was drafted in 95. So I feel like it was like his second or third year, like when we were going to those games. But I don't necessarily remember too much about him as far as those early, early days. I remember being really into a Timberwolves player named Shane Heal, ah. who was an Australian dude, um, white guy. I think I liked him because he looked like our dad. He had like bleach blonde hair. Ah. I, I always like, thought oh, cool. Steve Kerr looked like Yeah, yeah. Too. Steve Kerr looks like our dad too. Um, but Shane Heal out here, just shoot. He was just like a raw three-point specialist. That's all he could do. And I just remember like being so excited when he came in the game because he could do this one thing like super well. So he was one of like, my first you know, oh, I really like this player. Then KG kind of I started to understand what KG was, and he started to rise in prominence. And, you know, Marbury, I think, joined in 
97, I want to say. Um, so then you had that all going. And, but one of my other first memories, and, and you were there at the game too, is seeing those, the 96, 97 Bulls, uh, you know, the, uh, I believe that was a 72 and 10 team, seeing, you know, them come to town. And, and I think we saw them multiple times. It was always a thing we did. Shout out to our dad for getting those tickets. Yeah, like seriously. seeing that Bulls game, you know, once per season, kind of the equivalent of seeing LeBron now or seeing right. Giannis yeah, or whatever it is now, where it's like Eastern Conference one time a year and being able to see those Jordan era Bulls just so incredible and and that was that's something I'll always remember too as in those early days is being able even though we were way up top like being able to see those teams and I knew how important those teams were at that time too. Do you remember when we went to the Mall of America to see the new jerseys be unveiled? Yeah, the yeah. New logo, wow. the that new would jerseys. Been the same era. That would've been 96, 97 too. Yeah. yeah, we were there when they showed the new uh, the trees, redesign yeah. with the trees and the graffiti yeah, font so cool. and stuff. And they had players and like, you know, dance members that like, come out like wearing the jerseys and stuff. Yeah. I had a bunch of merch. I had the starters jacket or in a starter jacket, yeah. you know, and Timberwolves hat, and I was just rocking all that merch. It's fun to think about that stuff and think about how you got into it, especially because it's been so long now. Yeah, so, it, yeah. <laughs> it, I think we all have our own entry points. We all have those teams, you know, and I think that, yeah, there's a difference. It was just a casual fandom, you know, going to a few games a year when we were growing up, but it became a hardcore fandom after after college because like yep. I said it was the cheapest ticket in town and we could sneak down to the lower bowl and so we were seeing LeBron on the Miami Heat come yeah, in and yeah, just yeah. we, we got to watch all the best players in the NBA play against the team you know and then we would ride and die for guys like Luke Rindauer and stuff you know <laughs> shouts to Rob's all decade team yeah so yeah that w- that was sort of like yeah you're right like those early days were like the base that's sort of like where it all was built from yeah so get us to where we were today <laughs> where we are with this whole show uh cool that's uh that's a little bit about how we got into the team let us know how you got in the team what do you have any cool memories or photos maybe we'll try to post some photos on the instagram you yeah, know check we'll, us out we're headed into prior liquor later yeah to we'll, we'll, we'll grab parents, some so. we'll, we'll photograph some photographs for you yeah exactly <laughs> uh yeah hit it up in the comment section of canis or at on twitter uh, at wolvescast or on instagram at wolvescast pod he's on fire all right one more thing here full court press We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the play of one Keda Bates Diop Jop, however you want to say it. All the arena announcers are saying Diop, so I'm right here is Basketball Reference Keda Bates Diop. There, on Basketball Reference has it there too. That's not totally the Bible, but his birthday's coming up January 23rd. Kind of is, but yeah, Keda's been balling out. He's been hitting shots. He's been up at the big club uh, here for a couple games uh, this season, and you know, especially the last three have been really good. You know, Phoenix. Um, Atlanta and San Antonio, especially plus three, plus two. ten, plus eight for his plus minus. Yeah, I mean, wow, Phoenix. Wow, he was nine of eighteen in Phoenix. I didn't realize that. Yeah, <laughs> he scored twenty two points in that. In yeah, that game. he was one of the only. I said like, you know, he was scoring. He was one of our better three scorers. Ten. He took. He got up ten threes. Yeah, in that and I was game. like, wow, he took a lot of shots. But at the same time, we needed that in Phoenix. We didn't have anyone who was taking those shots, especially because Carl only had nine shots in the game. So we needed a kind of a volume shooter, and he he obliged. So Cade has been playing well. It's exciting to see. He is. Um, he's someone I wasn't totally sure was an NBA player uh, before this season. Again, he's a little bit older. He's like. Like 25 or 24 already so you know he might kind of be who he is and i was kind of worried that where he is right now isn't quite good enough for the league but he's proven me wrong he's uh you know he's out here hitting shots and being versatile with the ball you know he can attack a closeout he can do some things defensively super tall super long arms cutting to the rim when his yeah, defender so i don't gets know if doubled. he's a starter you know especially on a good team but he's definitely someone who can be in your rotation and i think definitely for the wolves who've been so injured in the wing department just a great guy to have who can you know pl- you can plug in and kind of 
he can kind of be that 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 specialty two way guy, you know, coming up between Iowa and the Wolves. Doesn't necessarily need to be like, oh, he's on the team all the time, like type of guy. We need every team, every franchise needs guys who can plug holes here and there throughout the season when inevitably injuries hit. Yeah, exactly. It'll be interesting to see what happened when Layman comes back because, I mean, Diop, Bates Diop is uh, one of our best corner three-point shooters. We don't have a ton of guys who take the shots from the corner, and every time he gets one up from the corner, I'm I'm assuming it's going to go in. I feel really good about those shots. He's reliable. And, you know, he, he's got a really good wingspan, really great length, uh, and I think they'll help out on defense. You know, as any yep. kind of young player in the NBA, he has his ups and downs, but I remember him blocking hard and shot, you know, and looking good in that Houston game. And I think unlike um, Keelan Martin, unlike some of these other newer guys who are obviously rookies, they haven't had the chance to play with Carl and Wiggins and some of these other important players before, whereas Kata has. You know, he's had a couple of years where this is his second year, second I believe, year. right? So he had games last year where he was up with the team, I think late in the season, second half of the season season and stuff so he's got a little bit of a leg up as far as a learning curve goes knowing the system knowing how guys like i can't remember he had like a give and go with carl against against antonio the yep. other night and it was like oh yeah it's like, kind of like that andrew wiggins kind of give and go where you know towns gets the ball and then Kata looks like he's going up to the top of the three-point line but instead he cuts back down into the paint you know yeah and so it's just like that's the kind of stuff that you know i think comes with sort of a relationship and comes with oh i know how where you like it and you know what you're going to do in this situation so you know he has that going for him too which is which is going to be good yeah, we got him on that second round pick money too, so he's real cheap. Ooh, cheap labor. And yeah, uh, I'm still, Robert, I know you're listening. Remember, let's watch an Iowa Wolves game this next week, and we'll talk about it on next week's pod. Ooh, I like the idea. I think they're on Twitch. Ah, let's watch. It's on. We'll go to, we'll go to Des Moines someday too. Someday. Yeah. Wells Fargo We used Arena. to live in West Des Moines for two <laughs> That's years. Right. That's right. All right, time to get to our sponsor, everybody. Uh, our sponsor this week is the Timberwolves team uh, store black friday sale come on down to the timberwolves team store bright and early this black friday for some incredible doorbuster deals you know they've got those taj gibson jerseys for ten dollars the chris dunn jerseys for five dollars and jimmy butler jerseys are three for 50 cents wow what a deal and if you want to get the look popularized by timberwolves head coach ryan saunders we got nike dad caps and sweatsuits 60 percent off you asked we listened. This Friday, we're happy to launch our latest Team Store product, a t-shirt featuring Carl Anthony Towns dunking on Baby Yoda. In case you need even more incentive to check out the Timberwolves Team Store, the first 50 people through the doors on Black Friday will be entered into a raffle drawing to win Tom Thibodeau's legendary, heavily used office cot. Oh, and don't forget about our special overstock sale, too. As the 28th best three-point shooting team, there are a ton of missed shots in our store that are priced to move. And don't forget to check out Timberwolves star Andrew Wiggins' personal collection of vintage lawn twos. These priceless artifacts are from a bygone era, and Andrew is finally ready to sell. Thank you to the Timberwolves team store Black Friday sale for sponsoring this episode of Wolvescast. Next up, time to rank some things. It's Power Rankings. Power That song sounds like Bill Nye. Always reminds me a little bit of Bill. Bill, Bill, Bill. Put him in order. Speaking of songs, that's what we're doing today. Power rankings. Nice transition. That's right. These are how should we say this? We're gonna say power rankings, classic 
Target Center songs. Really, these are these are the classics. Right? You, might, you might not even notice them until you hear them, but because they're in the background for so long, it'll instantly bring memories of sitting in the stands at Target Center to you. They are embedded in the Target Center experience. You know, we talked earlier in this show about you know b- mid '90s Target Center memories and stuff like that. And, and they haven't changed the music since. Some of these have been in there. Yeah, so I think the same like music director has been around for a long time. Um, a lot of the beats, a lot of the like instrumentals you hear while the Timberwolves are on offense. You know, those songs have been around for a very long time. They do put in some new stuff. They got some modern, you know, sounding things. But yeah, it's been it's been a lot of the classics, and and that, I like it. I like it that way, right? I feel like if you watch League Pass, you see you know some of these other arenas. They do kind of the same thing. You know, watching Spurs the other night, they have a yeah. very they have a very specific. They probably have the most specific kind of like sound. They got way more like Southern rock and like sort of like yeah. Well, direct contrast to Atlanta. Which has some of the most updated oh, music. They're yes. playing. They're you know, Foster. It's yeah. a, be- a great hip hop city. So, and then they also have that great organist, and so they yeah. bring a lot of uh, current music to their arena. So, good dichotomy between those two. So, we have ten songs here that we have ranked, and really, um, uh, we are we have uh, we've weighted the the songs that we feel like are kind of special to Target Center a little bit higher. You know, we got some classics that maybe some a lot of arenas play, but you know, we tend to like the songs that we feel like maybe aren't getting played in other arenas and are kind of like quirky Target Center songs yeah Um, so let's start it off any sporting event you go to you've probably heard this one at number 10 oh that's right (laughs) little thunder by acdc it's great it gets all the dads in the audience pumped pumped up gets matt Pullen pumped up there's uh when the drums hit it's a very good you know kind of (laughs) clap along kind of sound oh yeah you gotta have this this is probably the most common i mean talking football talking across sports i imagine this is this is a this is a stadium rocker. This is one that gets played, right? And yeah, the Wolves go to this one in crunch time, I feel like. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah Coming out of a timeout in the fourth quarter. Yeah, really. Gets Target Center up. on your feet. <laughs> the noise <laughs> is working. Yeah, so you, you gotta have Thunder by ACDC and any any good, you know, sports arena jam. Thunder. Everybody yelling Thunder. Obviously, Oklahoma City. They yep. probably use this ad nauseum. Yeah, this should be in all their their their, their pump up videos. You get Rumble out there hitting the big bass drum, the oh, big concert perfect. bass. I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it gets going and then it cranks into the beat. Oh, uh-huh. here it comes. Is this a good build? Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's uh, that's number ten. Scott, get us the next one, number nine. Oh, this one works so well because the clap. Yeah, right. The clap, the clap cadence is something you hear in like obviously in, in every game, but yeah. to add the extra to have to have the car wash version. I don't know that many arenas do that. I don't know. A lot of times, yeah. A lot of times we'll just hear this part. You'll just yeah. hear this part in the arena, and they'll cut it before they get into the song proper. But <laughs> if you've been to a Timberwolves game, you have definitely heard this. This is "Car Wash" by Rose Royce. I don't know if you knew the. I didn't know the artist on this one. Rose Royce, not yeah. Rolls Royce. Rose Royce. Clever name. It's just a good song. Uh, you can hear this. The, you know, uh, a note for all these songs: for when the Timberwolves are on offense, that's when you hear these songs. Yeah. It's a league rule that you cannot play songs like this when uh, the opposing team is on offense. You'll just get like a basic like defense. Yeah. Like a type of like cadence, type of beat, or just clap or something like that. You can do that kind of stuff, but it's a rule that you cannot play like full songs over another team while they're on offense. It's a very interesting kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, teams don't abuse it. Just blasting I, lo- I love this first line. You might not ever get rich. You might not ever get rich. But let me tell you, it's better than digging a ditch. Better than digging a ditch. <laughs> I never heard that song before. <laughs> Great life lesson there. Great life lesson. That's Car Wash by Rose Royce. Number eight. 
Oh yeah. Another classic. Saw this band play about a month ago. Yeah, Scott. Scott got to check them out at the Amsterdam Bar and Hall. Uh, working their show. We're trying to think if they've ever done t- Target Center halftime. I think they did it for the Lynx, actually. Okay, yeah, yeah. But they yeah, have definitely played at the Target Center for halftime. It's Rapper's Delight by Sugar Hill Gang. You know, some hip, version uh-huh. of this. A hip, a hip, a hip hop. Ah. Yeah, it's also Don't the stop. baseline uh, cameo. Uh, or what's that? Oh, Chic. Oh, Good Times by Chic. That's what it is. Oh, yeah. Good Times. That's that baseline that Rapper's Delight took. So yeah, it's, kind of, it's a mashup of sorts. Oh, yeah. I can tell you they still have it live. <laughs> still doing it well. Yeah, and it's pretty much just like an hour of straight hits. Also, really annoying to venue employees, but awesome for everybody else. When they were done with their show, then they just had a DJ play music, and they were hanging out with people. They were bringing people on stage. They were like taking selfies with anyone who wanted it. They were just dancing <laughs> with the crowd for like another hour. And it was just like not, it was just like post performance kind of hangout sesh. Party. Which I loved and I hated because I was working. I like, I wanted to go home. This was like a Monday night concert. I was like, let me go <laughs> home. But for everyone in the, in the crowd, I'm sure it was a real treat. All right, that's that one. This is the next one here. Uh, number seven is one that I heard last night uh, or the other night at, uh, in San Antonio. It's a little Outcast jam. Uh huh. It's, out, it's officially an Outcast song, but this is uh, from when they did split albums. Yeah, The Love Below so this and is, this, Speaker Box. Yeah, or, so this is a Speaker Box song, I believe. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's just Big Boy and Sleepy Brown. Yeah. They're always doing this one. I don't know what it is about this song. Well, you know, it's festive. Got, when you get, the horns when you get the to the, the chorus, you know, yeah. you got a little guitar and stuff. Skip ahead to the chorus. This is, the, this is the video. So this Music is, video? Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I like The Way You Move, or it's called The Way You Move by Outkast. That's number seven. All right. Next up, another band that has performed at halftime of a Yeah, Timberwolves. we definitely know about this one. This is one that, uh, yeah. Uh. Uh. Yeah. Another one of those songs where you hear the drum intro most of the time. Sometimes uh-huh. they cut it off before the music kind of jumps in. It's also interesting. Some of these, they play the instrumental. I don't think they play the instrumental this one, right? They do the vocals. Yeah, like, I know I these vocals right. so yeah. well from Wolves games. Well, talk about a song that's hung around since the 90s, you know? Yeah, it might even be a late 80s. Wow, this song is back there. Yeah, and it's also kind of a sing-along, this part. Or no. When they get to the pre-chorus, I think it's sort of like the idea is like they want to get they want to get everybody singing along to it, you know. But I don't know. If, I don't know if enough people know it. Fun fact: uh, Devoe is the voice of Powerline in the Goofy movie. Wow, I didn't know that. So '90s kids out there will know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know Poison. All right, that's Poison. All right, this next one you're gonna hear in warm-ups a lot. Yes, you'll definitely hear this in warm-ups. They also just like play this beat too. Like you'll just you just get this beat in the game, and I, I love this one. To me, now we're getting into the range of like I don't know how many arenas are playing this one. Um, it's kind of a deep cut, you know, from Jay Z called "Public Service Announcement." Yeah. Oh, oh Thanks yeah, to the OV. By the OZ. Yeah, you uh, with the organ going yeah. on there. Which is why I think this is in there. We get, you know, we talk about the organ player, you know, the organ player who like solo along. I yeah. think he likes organ-based songs like this, you know. Yeah, you can match that sound hey. real easy. Yeah. 
I love this song, though. This is a great hooping song. Just, I can just see him run up and down the court to this one, you know, playing the offense, coming off picks and this uh, one. And this one, we were able to listen to music at hoops. So that was great. Yeah, pick up basketball. So yeah, PSA by Jay-Z. Allow uh, me to reintroduce <laughs> myself. My name is Ho. That's right. All right, so we're now in the final four here. We've got four, four big ones. Yep, this is one from the KG era. <laughs> KG era, 2001. Uh-huh. Just, just, just another classic beat. Just another, you know, just I, you can't describe it any other way than Target Center classic. You know, yep. this is this is one you hear while you're at the game watching the team play. Y'all know me. Classic. Also, a lot of this, I hear these songs a lot. Anybody, you know, if you've ever worked at Target Center, I mean, I work Lynx games and covering the Lynx, and it's the same music. Let me tell you. So. Uh, you know, you know, covering you know, fifteen links games or whatever it is in person. You hear all these songs the same, and you know, we're both drummers. I'm always like drumming along these beats and stuff like that. Some of them I really like. So yeah, especially if you ever worked at, at Target Center, you're gonna hear these. You're gonna hear these ones. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, forgot about Dre. Number four by Dr. Dre. All right, let's get into the top three. These ones top are three. not sure how many arenas play them except us, but they're classics. These are these is this is oh come on now, come on now. Black Street, no diggity. Uh well, R and B from uh, from the you know late nineties. Also, remember Black Street? They were black as the street was. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. A good uh, Kanye line. Um, but yeah, this song. Hey, something I like about this song is they run this beat, and there's so many like cutouts, like where the whole beat comes out. Sometimes that's when Target Center will just kill it, and it won't ever come back. Right, and you don't know when those when they're happening, but you'll get a few of them here. And it's just like the gap. It's like where'd it go? Oh. Yeah, great. <laughs> and great sometimes call. they won't come back. Like Target Center will just kill it at that point because there's a dead ball or there's a call or whatever. Like they need to they need to kill it. But it's great because this song offers opportunities like that left and right. There's another one right there, right? So yeah. Oh, I just love this beat though. Just in the pocket. Just a great beat. And if you're listening to this podcast with skip silences, there was a quick silence there that you did not hear. <laughs> yeah, go to go to one X on this one. Go to normal speed for this, sec- this yeah. section of the show. You know, you need to hear the proper speed for all these uh, all these beats. If you listen to it on fast motion, this isn't going to be as fun. It's going to sound like chipmunk songs up in here. <laughs> but yeah, no diggity by Blackstreet. That's number three. All right, the final two here. You might know what number one is, but I, you you probably don't know where we're going here for number two. But wow, this is a jam, and definitely no other arenas are playing. Return of the Mac by Mark Morrison. Mark Morrison, who's the name of this artist, this one-hit wonder. Actually, I think Mark Morrison has played the Target Center as well. Wow. In terms of like at a Timberwolves game, not as a headlining show of at course, Target of course. Center. But I'm pretty sure he's played a <laughs> halftime show for us. Hey, come on. You think about Target Center when you hear this one. Brings me there. Awesome, awesome. Return of the Mac. <laughs> We're just grooving out here. Thanksgiving grooving. Return of the Mac. Mark Morrison. It's a timeout. We're coming back from timeout right now. You know, oh, yeah. guys are rechecking in. Refs have blown their whistle. Time to get back on the floor, guys. Mark Morrison's playing. 
All right, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right. Now, we've, we've reached number one. We've it's reached ta- the summit. It's time to start the game, Neil. It's time for tip-off. It's time to start it. You're uh, maybe getting into your seats late. You know, you're just in time for the game. Yep, all the players are shaking hands, doing hugs, daps to our team, getting into their starting positions. Yeah, and this is a song that, you know, frankly, we were we had to check because it's, it's a fabric of Target Center uh, tip-off. And we weren't even sure. Is like, are they still doing this? You know, for a while they honestly. changed it to another song by the same artist, um, but they went back to this classic. Mm, you know what that means? Oh yes, Target Center <laughs> on your feet. It's game time. Yeah, this is a get here on this. <laughs> Twin Doves Cry by Prince. One of the only songs on Purple Rain that he wrote without the revolution. He just did this one by himself. Some, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, two should, songs on should, We should have looked up more facts about these songs. We don't know much about these. But uh, I think this one's interesting. Like, I think it's very hard to find instrumentals on uh, like YouTube and just online at all. Like, I obviously couldn't find this one. But the Wolves, you better believe they have the instrumental. Oh, yeah. Prince, Wolves fan. You know, I don't know if they like get special permission or if they just like have access to stuff like this, obviously, that we don't have. But I think it's interesting because sometimes tip-off will get delayed a little bit or you know someone's getting wrapped up or isn't ready for tip-off and they'll let this run and it's cool to like hear this song without the vocals because usually just like hear the radio again it's really hard to find the instrumental version of this and it's just like oh to hear the beat without prince's vocals not that it's bad or whatever but it's so rare to hear the instrumental is what i'm trying to say target center has it (laughs) and there's like i think this song was notable because it was like one of the first i'm not sure if it's first but it was a number one hit song and there's like no bass line in it oh yeah interesting it's all up top yeah I don't know why this got picked as a tip-off song. It doesn't really have any sort of like you know, build-up nature. Hits. Yeah, it's a big hit. But yeah. Like it, but yeah, I think it's it? just the guitar solo at the beginning <laughs> into the beat. You know, yeah. that's exactly why. It does crap. But yeah, they had Funk and Roll, which was off Prince's one of his most recent albums, Artificial yeah. Age. So they've done that for tip-off. But I'm glad we went back to this. This is a Stone Cold classic. Awesome. There you go. There it is. It's Target Center Classics. Uh, Neil made a playlist on Spotify. I made one on Title. So it's if a you long search time ago, yeah. Wolves Cast, uh, it's maybe not updated. It was a couple years back we did it. But if you want to hear those uh, playlist of those jams, you can check that out. Um, I know Neil has Apple Music now, so maybe he'll. Yeah, it was a long time out. ago we made that. But and, and also the playlist we made was also like song like wolves like wolves. Oh yeah, like yeah. Songs with wolves in them and stuff. That was one of our first podcasts. I feel like that was season one, like early yeah. on. It's been a while. All right. Oh, um, quick before we go, uh, uh, some we have some uh, some runner up songs. What do we call them? Uh, honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Uh, Where the party at? By Jagged Edge and Nelly. Oh yeah. Oh 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 oh. Oh yeah, oh. definitely. Uh, go ahead. Jump by Van Halen. I mean, most readings probably play it, but I just think about Target Center when I hear it. Yeah, right? absolutely. Right. We got uh, Stronger by Kanye West. Yeah, Stronger. You, you know that beat. Uh, that Daft I just, Punk. Yeah, I just want to love you by Jay Z and Pharrell. I just want to. Oh yeah, totally. We got Hip Hop Hooray hey, by Naughty by Nature. Oh, hey, oh, X by Exhibit. Uh, this is one that you probably would recognize, but you probably can't think of it right now. It's kind of like a, it's a Dr. Dre kind of beat that has like keys in it, a lot of lower end piano yeah. keys. X. That's dun, the start of every dun, line. Dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun, dun. And I asked you, I thought there was also a time where they played DMX's X Gone Give It To You. Uh, they, they did, yeah. Some of, some of these were trying to keep like stuff that we still hear, but yeah, yeah a lot of these have been excised. Uh, Sandstorm by Darude. You know that one. That's a good pump up, get them all up for the fourth quarter type of thing. Hypnotized by Notorious B.I.G. That one almost made the list, yeah. 
the emotions. You got the best of my love. Oh, oh. Yeah. classic. Yeah, another one in the same vein of that is Brick House by Commodores. You know, I feel like that's very much like Car Wash, right? Like yeah. you can almost play those two songs on top of each other. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like same tempo, like same era, same drums. But yeah, those are some honorable mentions. Let us know what songs you like from Target Center. We want to hear about it. All right, Weekly Wolfies, let's go. your weekly wolfies all right wolfies award time we got our trophies here we're about to be about to be giving them out i will start us off today uh my recommendation my weekly wolfie my award goes to a podcast from 30 by 30 they've done some great stuff this summer they put out a great five-part series about the donald sterling tapes uh great show uh ramona shelburne uh primarily i believe uh created the show um about the donald sterling stuff and kind of the fallout now that's been a whole bunch of years very good go check that out but that is not my recommendation today my recommendation is another 30 by 30 podcast this is a one-off i thought it was gonna be a whole series but really it's just one like 45 minute you know, one-off single documentary style show um, about uh, Diana Taurasi and Sue Bird and their adventures going to Russia to play uh, international basketball uh, in the over the winter. You know, after the WNBA season, uh, players go and play uh, all over the place. Where they can actually get paid. Where they can actually get paid appropriately. And uh, wow, these two have um, have a very interesting tale to tell about the man who you uh, really just wanted to be the best in uh, women's basketball in Russia and the lengths he went to and the sort of mysterious nature it's really about this guy this the owner of this team the gm of this team who's paying them so much money to come over it's a, it's a fascinating story it's a great story to learn more about kind of what the best WNBA players have to go through and the stuff that they deal with uh, in order to you know to, to you know make what they're what they're worth and so it's called the spy who signed me so it's all about Russia and sort of uh, their whole ordeal in Russia a few years ago um, so yeah it's an ESPN 30 for 30 podcast that will be in the show notes you can check it out and yeah it's just a one-off 45 minute thing and uh, it's very very good so check that out all right, my weekly Wolfie is a negative Wolfie. It's, oh. uh, it's shame on you, Wolfie. <laughs> uh, you know, I've been better. I, I used to, uh, you know, be like Jared Jacobs and blame the refs for all of my team's shortcomings every <laughs> single game. Okay. Uh, that's Professor Pigskin if you listen to Kings of the North. Oh. And uh, I, I sometimes still get a little agitated. Last night I was getting agitated watching the refs. I thought they did a really bad job. And lo and behold, who was working the game? Who was it? Who was it, Scott? <laughs> Let's do it over there. That's a really big one. Go ahead, Malloy! No! Yep, that's a classic. Oh, that's a foul! <laughs> Alan Horton on the Alan Horton, you interviewed him on the pod a little That's right. He uh, sent me those drops ago. in an email. I didn't grab those. He had them. <laughs> yeah, that was famously when uh, Kevin Love took a game. Uh, it was it was going to be a game winning three pointer, and he got fouled clearly by Sean Marion, and uh, Ed, yeah, Ed Malloy did not call it. I was at that game, and <laughs> we lost the game because of it. And yep. it might be one of the reasons we didn't make the playoffs that year. That he was w- the last love season. And uh, Ed Malloy was uh, was in San Antonio the other night. Yeah, right? and he was he was not the only offending party, but it's just they kind of let the game get away from them. The the technicals and the I know it's it's one of those things like sometimes you complain about the calls, and then you look at the stats later, and it's like oh we shot way more free throws than them but you know it's it's contextual obviously yeah. you know Towns picking up those fouls really killed us because he has to go off the floor so maybe we shot more free throws but you took our best game player out of the game yeah the effect could be more than that and you know all those guys are opening up their pocketbooks today you know they're a little lighter wallets because of the fines they're gonna have to oh, pay yeah. so uh 
just a frustrating game, and uh, I may have picked that more so because I wanted to do the audio drop, but uh, shame on the refs. Uh, you hear it every now and then. <laughs> you know, hate, hate, hate. So just a little blame for them. All right, and our Canis post of the week for Weekly Wolfies. Scott, what what, what wins this week? Uh, you, you There's so much good content today. on Canis oh, every, every, every day. week, yeah. It's really hard to pick one. Uh, but I went with Robert, Robert Covington personifies the New Wolves order. That is by Jake A. Painthing. I don't know how to say it. Painthing. Painthing. <laughs> Anyways, he's a great writer. Um, and Josie just came and said hi. The dog up in the house. Uh, so anyways, it's just a great overview of what makes Robert Covington so special. Goes in depth about his uh, value as an offensive player, as one of the elite defensive players in the league. And, you know, anybody who uh, has been watching the Wolves, I think Robert Covington's fan favorite because as Tom Thibodeau, so, uh, you know, so eloquently put it. He just called me Rob Cuff, Rocco. I took out the Tibbs one. <laughs> oh, he took out the Tibbs one. I need that, though, for when Robert's on the pod. Sorry, it's hard to hear. It's we got a couple other ones. Rob- How about this one? And I think Lovington is a good nickname. The, the sound drop I was referencing is when he said, Robert has been one of the elite defenders in this league. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's great. And it's just a really good article. So check it out on canishoopus.com. All right, that'll do it for Wolfies. Let's play a game. All right, Neil, this is a game we play. Um, I'm sure other people play it, but uh, we play it uh, uh, just for fun. When we look at each other and you say a player name, and then you say, from? Oh, the from game. The from game. It's so so widely known. My wife loves me sometimes about players. She'll be like, from? Yeah, yeah and you know, we had Robert last week. You're going to have Robert again next week. It's kind of attributed to him. You know, yep. He's the most uh, prolific from guy. He knows a lot. So That's why I'm playing yeah. it against you. It's because I, okay. I think it would be too easy for him. You're right, yeah. Um, so the, the gist is you ask from about a player, and then you try to say where they went to college. Yeah, it's all about knowing where someone went to college. And is there any other sort of uh, parameters for this game today, Scott? Are these Timberwolves players? Are these all NBA? What are we, uh, what are we talking? All Timberwolves. Okay. And current wolves uh, former mostly mostly there's, mostly there's one former wolf and if we have the time i might throw in a coach i'm not too sharp on some of the new guys so this should be interesting yeah well this is it'll be good it, yeah it's got to reinforce it yeah. you got to be ready for when robert asks <laughs> from <laughs> all right neil so first question robert covington from tennessee i'm gonna give you that one tennessee state tennessee state okay 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 he wasn't a volunteer that's the Tennessee. Not a volunteer. We don't know the, the, the team name of Tennessee State. Um, next up, shouts to everybody who listened to our special public service announcement in the last episode. It seems like uh, Trevion Graham's shot has been found at least a little bit. It's made a, some some appearances. Some in have gone week. in. So yes. it's a welcome change. Uh, so, Neil, the question is, Trevion Graham from? I do think I know this one. Is it VCU? You're correct. Virginia Commonwealth. All right, we got one more Timberwolves player uh, on the current squad okay. for you here. Okay. We saw his debut on Saturday, Jalen Noel. Jalen Noel from Washington, University of Washington. Go, he's a Husky. Go Huskies. Go Huskies. That's right, he's a Seattle player. Um, all right, Neil. I guess I did know him. This one's a little bit tough. Oh, boy. Uh, but he currently, for at least one, for a couple more days, has the record from all-time makes from a three-point shooter on the <laughs> Timberwolves. Anthony Peeler. AP. From? I do not know this one. Um, I'm, I'm thinking, whenever I don't know it, though, I go the next level down. This is a good tip for anybody playing the game and guess, like, try and guess conference or sort of like, you know, sort of like where in the country you kind of see them. Oh, sure. And I'm thinking of Peeler as like a big East, like, sort of thing. I'm going to guess. Villanova. 
He was. He went to Mizzou, University Mizzou, of Mizzou, wow. Missouri. He Way was a tiger. Off. I had no idea. Mizzou. Wow. Okay. Uh, Neil, the question is: How many current Wolves players played in the Big Ten? Wow. Current Wolves players, Big Ten. Wait. I know Jake Lehman went to Maryland, right? That's is correct. that a Big Ten school? It is a Big Ten school. Does that count? Yeah, that's one of the, that's one of the three. <laughs> okay. Well, I oh, just said only it. three. Yeah, I just said it. That Maryland, um, Vonley is Indiana. Yep. And the other Big Ten school is uh, not Jeff Teague, is it? No. Um, hmm. I don't know the other one. We talked about him on the pod quite a bit this week. Um. Oh, uh, Ohio State, uh, KBD. There it is. Thank you for the hint. Yes. I'm uh, I'm clearly suffering from those afternoon. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Go Northwestern. But I'm I'm suffering from the matinee time because I just screwed up two questions in a row. Oh, it's okay. Uh, Here's our final question, unless you want to say where David Vanterpool is from. Ooh, David Vanterpool from, I don't know, where? St. Bonaventure. St. Bonaventure. All right, here's our final question. When Cat played for Kentucky, he was a Wildcat. When Jake Lehman played for Maryland, he was a what? He is a Turpin? Is that what you say? A Terrapin? <laughs> I'm surprised you had it. Terrapin. It's a turtle. It's a turtle. It's, it's so a weird. small turtle that people eat, too. So it's a weird mascot. But yeah. Just a weird name. Terrapin. A delicacy. Terrapin. I bet they're the only school in the country that is a Terrapin. That's such a weird mascot. But you knew it. So it's good got, on you. Scott, I've got a surprise from for you. Oh, yeah? Based on the Wolves. Oh, no. Current Wolves player development coach, Greg Steamsma from? Wisconsin. Ding, ding, ding. All right. You get it. It's pretty easy. <laughs> he just, he, he's got the look of someone who would go to Wisconsin. So... <laughs> Yes, he's a, he's a Midwestern looking dude, I guess. Right? Yep. <laughs> that's his. That's that's his claim to fame. No Northwestern players in the league. In the league at all? Nope. Oh. John Sherna had a like a brief like ten game stint with the Knicks like five years ago. That was that was really our highlight. We got to hope for Sanjay. Still still grinding that's in right. the G League. That's right. He's uh, playing for the Atlanta G League team. So. That's right. <laughs> He's our hope. He's our best hope. All right. That'll do it for Wolfcast. Happy holidays, everybody. It's Thanksgiving edition. Scott and I are, um, you know, after this, we're, we're off to the suburbs to hang with family and eat some delicious food. I hope, uh, hope you're eating well today as well. Yeah, I hope you, you know, this is, you're hearing this on Black Friday and yeah. you're going into that kitchen. You're making a cold turkey sandwich with some stuffing on it, put some little gravy on that sandwich. I like the turkey sandwiches as much as I like the turkey itself. Or maybe you're traveling. You're on your way on 94 down the road somewhere or something like that. Thanks for listening to our show talking about the wolves um but yeah we, we got another show coming up next week as we mentioned uh guest host robert will be back to yeah. talk timberwolf basketball for you i think we're going to get into a quarter mark of the season oh sort of uh analysis breaking down by so fast yeah we're already 20 games in scott wow it always goes by real by. quick it's the beginning by. always goes by real quick because like the playoffs last so long. <laughs> and our november schedule was packed too it's yeah. nice we get a few days off now the next game's not till sunday which means all the wolves players get to spend thanksgiving with the family yes. it's always nice that's awesome so yeah thank you for joining us this week we'll be back next week with guest host robert in another episode of wolves cast check us out on canis hoopus uh apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify all the places you find your shows we're there thanks for listening everybody happy holidays gobble gobble Come in a quick tell that the reason why Jeff Teague buys his own shoe is just because I'm getting roasted. Jeff Teague was with Nike, and then he left Nike when Adidas signed him to a big contract. He started wearing Adidas, and because of his foot injury and the way his foot, he wanted to wear a particular brand of Adidas, and they wouldn't let him wear them later on in his career, so he decided to jump ship, and Nike wouldn't, once you leave Nike, you can't come back to Nike. 
Once you, once you tell Nike no and you leave for another shoe company, you can't come back to Nike. And Jeff Teague is a Nike head. He loves Nike. And so I'm going to make a personal plea. I'm going to I'm going to call Phil Knight myself, and I'm going to say, please take Jeff Teague back. I love the guy. He's a great guy. He loves your product. And I had a long conversation about shoes with Jeff, and he, he's a shoe head. I mean, and, and he knows so much about the Nike brand and about all the shoes that come out. And, and I asked him, I said, do you think most NBA players feel like they could work for Nike and, and design shoes? He said, no question. And it's probably true. And I don't know if we can see the tear in those shoes. Not, that not, there. Not, there you can see the tear right there. It's on that inset. So that's that's just, hey, word to the wise for young, for young players that are coming into the NBA. If you want to wear Nike, don't leave Nike for greener pastures and think you're coming back because it ain't happening.